Hello and welcome to Capture Caledonia, the tracks that take us back, the podcast with me, Ewan Petrie. Each week, I'm joined by a guest who tells me all about the places in Scotland that mean the most to them and the memories and stories associated with these particular places. Then we listen to the songs that have become the soundtrack to these wonderful memories. I can't play all the songs in full due to copyright, but I hope that you enjoy the podcast nonetheless. If you are enjoying the podcast, please make sure you subscribe to it and leave us a rating and a review. You can also find us on social media. For Facebook and Instagram, just search Capture Caledonia. And for Twitter, search Capture Cali. Please like and share the pages with all your friends and family to help spread the word of Capture Caledonia and to keep up with the latest news. If you would like to support the podcast to help with future episodes, you can now donate on my Buy Me A Coffee page, which is www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash capture Cali. Any amount, no matter how small, really goes a long way. Thank you so much for your continued support and for listening to this week's episode. You're listening to the tracks that take us back on Capture Caledonia with Ewan Petrie. This week, I'm delighted to welcome Roseanne Reed to the tracks that take us back. Roseanne has quickly been making her mark in the world of folk roots music and has had a blistering start to her career that has already led to a nomination at the highly regarded BBC Radio 2 Folk Awards. Roseanne's remarkable talent for capturing beautiful melodies and intertwining them with her sophisticated and evocative lyrics has seen her capture the attention of many high-profile figures, including Americana legend Steve Earle, who also features on Roseanne's debut album Trails. Another track from that album, Amy, triumphed at the Nashville-based International Song Competition in the lyrics-only category, being chosen from 160,000 entries from 130 countries. Being the eldest daughter of Craig Reed of the Proclaimers, who are without question one of Scotland's most loved and treasured musical exports, perhaps it was inevitable that music would play a big role in Roseanne's life. But from listening to Roseanne's unique and distinct sound, it is very clear that the music and not the family connections will do the talking. 2021 has already seen Roseanne release new music with her Horticulture EP coming out just a few weeks ago and features a stunning collection of songs. Roseanne, thank you so much for joining me today. I am so excited to welcome you to Capture Caledonia. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Now, before we go on a wee trip through Scotland, courtesy of your choices today, I'd love to talk about the influences that have brought you to where you are in your career so far. You've got such a wonderful, unique tone to your voice. Who were the influences that first drew you into the Americana roots and folk style of music? Um, I think it was singer-songwriters first and foremost before um, any sort of before I sort of gravitated towards um, bands or, or groups it was singer-songwriters that kind of drew me in um, so people like Martha Wainwright and um, Towns Van Zandt, uh, Steve Earle, Bruce Springsteen people like that just really sort of um, gave me it sort of ignited the passion for songwriting first and foremost and I think as I sort of branched out into more folk Americana country rock and roll act um my my you know I think my um experimentation with my own sound sort of expanded as well so um it was it was it was singer-songwriters initially um but you know groups like Peter, Paul and Mary and the Dubliners and, um, you know, folk groups like that played a sort of heavy influence as well in the early days. 
the names you've listed just there, you know, like uh, Martha Wainwright and Towns Van Zandt, are those musicians that your parents would play to you when you were younger? Or did you go and find that style of music uh, yourself? Yeah, that was sort of stuff I, I sort of... Um... I discovered myself. I mean, I, it was, I, I went to see Rufus Wainwright with my mom in concert in Edinburgh uh, a, a number of years ago now. And Martha Wainwright was was supporting him. And that's how I sort of came across her. Um, Towns Van Zandt, I don't recall ever being exposed to his stuff growing up. I think that was something I sort of came across um, by, you know, listen to people like Steve Earle and Bruce Springsteen and people that have been you know so many acts have been influenced by by his work um so it was just sort of looking at it from a sort of chronological order that um I kind of came across those sorts of people. My dad is a massive Towns Van Zandt fan and he would play him in the car when I was younger and I remember having memories where I thought oh, I wish he would just play something else but now <laughs> as I get older and I've talked about this on the podcast before actually how I'm my, my music taste is sort of gravitating more towards my parents the older that I get and now yeah. I just I just think he's a genius you know his songwriting is is so great <laughs> yeah absolutely it's sort of it's almost poetry before anything else you know you can look at that without any music you can look at those lyrics and go that that is, you know, uh, on the same sort of level as any sort of poetry I've read. So it's it's that sort of that sort of standard that that really drew me to him initially. Yeah, such wonderful stories in every yeah. single song. Yeah, you're so right. Um, you recorded your debut album uh, Trails in Brooklyn. How did that opportunity come around, and what was that experience like? Well, um. I went on a few dates um, with Teddy Thompson around the UK. Uh, I supported him a, a few years ago now, and it came to the the last night of the tour in Aberdeen, and um, he came up to me and he he kind of listened to my set a, a, a few times across the tour, and he came up to me in the last night and he said, "If you're thinking of, of recording an album, then I'd love to be a part of it. I'd love to produce it," um, and I. I'd certainly I considered the album side of things before that, but I, I think that was really the kind of um, the kick I needed to kind of, you know, really put the wheels in motion. Um, so that's how we decided to work together. And Teddy is based over there. Uh, he said, you know, if, if you choose to come over here for a week and record, then he can, you know, he'd get all the musicians together in the studio. He'd organise that sort of thing. Um, so that's how the, the, the idea kind of came about. Um, in terms of the experience, it was incredible because it was effectively like, um, you know, we did it over the course of four days and we had the band in for two days and I just did the acoustic songs over the other two. Um, so it was it was almost like just, just you know, a live experience. That there, there's no song on there where I go, you know, we did... If, 10 takes of that to get it right. It was all the songs were completed within two or three takes max. Um, and I think that kind of comes across when you listen to it. Um, so it was, it was an intense experience, but it was, it was absolutely brilliant. You know, it was my, my first, my first proper studio experience. Um, and yeah, that, you know, the people I was surrounded by and um, the, the, the end, the end product is something I'll, um, sort of look back on fondly for a long time to come I think <laughs> and what an experience to do it you know in New York yeah. you know that's like surely 
top of the list for a lot of musicians in oh, in a dream of making an album there yeah absolutely I, th- I think you know the more people i've spoken to about it the more the they're maybe a bit surprised i didn't do it in nashville and somewhere like that just with the sort of sound i have but um brooklyn is a bit different i'd say they're right you know for americana music and um folk music yeah maybe brooklyn's not the first um port of call but uh yeah just to, to be immersed in that sort of environment while recording an album like that it's just just so cool just a yeah. great thing <laughs> you know you've spoken previously and and quite openly about when you were younger avoiding conversations regarding uh who your dad is whilst you were in the music industry when yeah. you began pursuing your own musical journey did you feel a certain pressure given the rich history you know of the music in your family um, you know, funnily enough, I think it's a pressure I felt more as I've got older and it's not, not so much something I bothered with uh, when I started out because I was, you know, I started out doing uh, open mic nights and, and folk circuit and um, it just wasn't, it, it wasn't something that played on my mind. But I think the, the bigger the tours I've, I've managed to get on and the bigger the opportunities, um, the more I'm aware that people around me might might know about the connection and therefore the more kind of pressurised it, it feels. So I think it's something that's on my mind more as, as I as I kind of progress in, in music. Um, but it's not, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a bad thing. I think it's, you know, to have that, um, I think you need something to drive you on. And I think that's definitely one of the things that helps that helps drive me. Well, I did see as well, you said that a real positive um, has been seeing like a first-hand account of the dedication and the work ethic that is needed to sustain, you know, a career in the music industry. And you've, you've obviously seen that through your dad. How has yeah. that sort of informed your plans as you've sort of navigated your way through your first chapters of your career? Well, I, I think it. I think um, it's instilled a discipline in me that I, I think maybe is not an obvious part of, of this job initially, you know. I think from the outside looking in, um, to be a musician is is quite kind of, um, it's, it's unpredictable and there's maybe not, people don't see the schedule and people don't see um, the framework you give yourself and you have to give yourself week after week and month after month. Um, so I'd say... I'd say the way my dad works, which is is pretty regimented, really. You know, he's very disciplined in how he, the time he dedicates to writing and recording and then going on tour. It's you can you can set your watch by it, you know, and I think that's something that um, that I, I didn't I didn't take too seriously in the early days. I think I just kind of enjoyed myself. <laughs> I just kind of went with it in the early days. But I think now I go well. Actually, yeah. When when life really starts. Um, getting busy you need to have that focus you need to be able to say okay today I'm going to set aside a couple hours to write and I'm going to make that time Um, and that's what he does every day so I think that's that's certainly what it's it's given me is that sort of um, sense of, of discipline I think Talking about setting aside um, time to write songs, you've recently treated us to brand new music with the release of, of the Horticulture EP. And we're going to listen to a track from that very soon. But just before you do, do you mind sharing the inspiration behind that EP and in particular the track uh, Tensmere Sky that we're going to listen to? 
Yeah, um, so Horticulture is, is four tracks um, and they were all written and recorded at home. So during the course of the, the first sort of lockdown. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of my friends have sort of lockdown projects as well. I think it's become quite a, <laughs> quite a common theme, but this was, this was certainly mine. And in terms of inspiration, uh, you know, we're lucky enough to have a, a garden here and um, have a lot of sort of the natural world right in our doorstep. And that was something I really immersed myself in early on in, in this sort of um, turn of events. Uh, and, you know, I invested in home recording gear and I said, well, it's, you know, I've got this time that I just didn't expect to have. And um, it, inspiration came from somewhere. And, and you know, I said, let's just, we'll put it into an EP. Um, so Tenchmere Sky in particular, you know, we're, my, my wife and I are based in Dundee and um, we're not too far from Tenchmere Forest, the nature reserve. And uh, we, we went there quite a bit during you know the, the early stages of lockdown and it's be, it became very popular actually just I think just for people to clear their heads and for people to get out and spend a few hours out of the house and um, be next to the sea and you know I think it's a very unique place in that sense is that you've got this vast sort of forest um, and then you know what, a quarter of a mile through the forest you're, you're right at the <laughs> at the seafront as well so it's um it's it's a very inspiring place naturally um but that's that's where the the sort of thought for for Tenchmere Sky came from. Yeah, I, I think you're you've, you've nailed it on the head there we've we've become so appreciative of of our surroundings our natural surroundings given what we've been through and I think that nature is going to inspire a lot of creativity over the next uh, couple of years um and you've beautifully summed up the inspiration there so i think we should listen to the track if you don't yeah. mind introducing it formally for us that would be great yeah no problem so this is a uh, tenchmere sky and it's from the horticulture ep Rushing, fly road run run away fly away if not tomorrow then today chase the morning don't go let it pass you by And the sun is rising And filling up the tents your sky And who knows how she draws new life Where it's coming from Going to turns in a circle around the moon Pretty orbit what a dream to fill my own eyes And she shines down on you all night The tents muir sky
funny you you spoke um previously about people think you should have made or it sounds like from your sound of music that they would have expected you to have done your album in nashville instead of brooklyn and and if, if i didn't know that you know tensmuir was an area in near dundee i probably would have thought oh it must be in like nashville or somewhere near that from the sound of that song but <laughs> it's such a beautiful song and i think it, it links really well now onto the fact that we're going to go and talk about some places in scotland that you've chosen to speak about so do you mind revealing the first choice of place that you've chosen to speak about today yeah uh, so the first choice of place um is the isle of mull um and that's I'd, incredibly i think i've only been there once in my life it was in a family holiday years ago um but it it, it left its mark and you know it's I think there's a lot of beautiful places in the West Coast. I think that's very rich in, in um, gorgeous sort of natural landscapes. But the Isle of Mull, um, for me, I think it's maybe a sentimental thing as well. You know, I have a lot of very fond memories there. Um, and it, it was about, I think it was about 15, 15, 17 years ago I was last there. Spent a few days there with with my family. Um, and I just remember these gorgeous sort of long, summer days and you know you go down to the down to the beach and um I do remember being stung by a jellyfish that's not, <laughs> that's not such a fun, a fun memory from the trip but um you know I think to go back there now I think I could I could enjoy it in a different way um and I think it's it's just one of these places that's really sort of left its mark on me. Given the restrictions that we've had on travel lately is it top of your list to try and get back to Mull when you get the opportunity? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I, you know, like I say, we've, I've been to a few places in the West Coast. Every single one of them has been absolutely lovely. Um, but Mull for me is somewhere I would love to get back to as soon as I can. You mentioned that it was a, a family holiday that you went on there. Were your family the the kind of family that would try and explore Scotland, you know, and take you to different places? Or would you try and go to places further afield? What was it like for you growing up? Well, I mean, it was quite... <sighs> 
<laughs> it's funny that, you know, I'm trying to think of my family being the type of family that just, you know, packs us up and takes us off for a few days. It wasn't really like that. It was like, you know, I'm, I'm one of four. And I think um, I think that would have been quite a lot for my parents to do. <laughs> imagine getting overwhelmed. But, um, you know, we were kind of, you know, we, we visited a few places in the UK as a family. Um Mull was sort of one we went to, as I say, just the once. Uh, but it was more we we took a, a few trips to Holland. Actually, growing up during the mm. summer, that was sort of our our go to holiday place when we were when we were growing up. Um, I just remember days being, you know, yeah, you remember what it's like being dragged around to art galleries by your parents. And, you know, you just don't appreciate any of it. You, wanna, <laughs> you just want to go to the beach. But um, no, we, I mean, I'd, I've discovered Scotland a lot more as I've grown older. I think, uh, you know, the more independently I've I've been able to to do things, um, that's when I've really sort of branched out and, and discovered new places. And I think the music's helped with that as well. You know, the more I've gone on tour, I've been to places I've, I wouldn't have been otherwise. So, um, yeah, it's extremely, extremely lucky to have it all so close by. Do you know, I think you're one of the first people that's maybe chosen a place that they've only been to once, which I find quite interesting because it obviously must have made quite the impression. You've talked about, you know, it, it, it's having a, a standout memory for you. Um, aside from the jellyfish uh, incident, is there anything <laughs> else that just like immediately comes into your mind when you when you think of Mal? Oh, gosh, uh, I think I think the beautiful I, I think the beautiful sunsets, actually. Um, because I do remember just evenings being outside and I think we, we rented a wee cottage for a few days um, and you know you were just in, you were just able to enjoy the day right into the evening and it was so relaxed so quiet um, and I, I think just those lovely long summer days are, are something that you know I, I think about a lot when I think about Mull certainly. You've probably just answered it in that answer because it links so well into the song that you've chosen because obviously I know the title of the song. But yeah. is that the reason why you've chosen this particular song? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, um, I've chosen Orange Sky by Alexi Murdoch and I think that just sort of, what, when I think of those days, that's that song sort of perfectly sort of sums it up um, and perfectly captures the, the memory of it. So... And I think he is, as an artist, is someone I sort of associate with that sort of feeling um, as well. So, yeah, that, that's the reason I've chosen Orange Sky. Well, I had a dream I stood beneath an orange sky Yes, I had a dream I Stood beneath an orange sky With my brother standing by With my brother standing by One of the beautiful things for me about doing this podcast is being introduced to music that I don't know. And I know a few songs by Alexi Murdoch, but I didn't know that one. And oh. as you've said, it's it just captures that mood. I'd love to, I think I will definitely be adding it to my sort of road trip playlist for when I'm next taking off around Scotland because it's just perfect for those drives, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Highly recommended. I love all his stuff. I haven't heard one song of Alexis that I haven't enjoyed, you know. 
but that one for me is just it's so powerful you know the I think everything it evokes when you hear it is just so it's so powerful yeah absolutely you, have you ever been to a gig of his I haven't you know I think he he's one of these artists that seems to go years without you know between releasing music um and I, I think his touring kind of ties in with that so I, I follow him on the socials I see he's he's sort of starting to you know uh, starting to get songs together again so hopefully hopefully one day soon I'll get to I'll get to see him live yeah. so we need to keep our eyes peeled to see if anything anything hopefully gets announced uh, in the near future yeah. Okay, let's move on to the second place that you've chosen to talk about. Where are we uh, heading to next? Um, so next we're going to head to Edinburgh, um, which is my um, birthplace. It's where I grew up and um, where I have, you know, so many, so many memories. Um, and I think as, as a city, I've never, I've never been anywhere quite like Edinburgh. Um, I think the people... Um, the people are quite unique. I think it's it was a brilliant place to grow up, you know. Um, and I think you know you, you go out in the town centre in Edinburgh in particular, and people talk about your your landmarks and you know Edinburgh Castle and your you know places like that. But there's so many beautiful hidden gems there as well. You know, you go deeper into town, you go into Leith, um, you, you you go out to the outskirts. It's just it's filled with so many fantastic places. So. Um, yeah, Edinburgh had to be had to be on there for me. You're right. It's, aesthetically, it's got to be one of the most beautiful cities in oh, the world, yeah. hands down. Um, what part of the city did you grow up in? So I grew up in um, Collington, which is um, near, quite nearby the Pentland Hills, um, and that's sort of where I spent a lot of a lot of my weekends growing up was up there, um, hiking about and. Um, I'd, I was born in Leith. I think um, I think myself and all my siblings were born in Leith. I think my dad made sure of that. But um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all born at the same hospital. But, um, but yeah, I grew up in Collington. Yeah. <laughs> what are your What was it like growing up um, in Edinburgh as a sort of young child and and going through your teenage years and and obviously um, eventually deciding to leave to go up to Dundee? Yeah. Um, well, it, it was it was something I think I probably took for granted at the time because you just had everything on your doorstep, you know. And and when I think about um, people that sort of had to travel into town to to you know go in on the weekend, and you know, for me, I was only twenty minutes from town at any time. Um, so I think it was it's a lovely place to grow up in terms of you've got that city feel to it, but for us I think as well we were quite set back and we had a lot of um we had a lot of the natural world around us as well um so I think it's, it's got a real buzz about it Edinburgh and you can feel that growing up there you know and you're, you're proud to come from there um so uh, yeah I'd, I wouldn't I wouldn't have grown up anywhere else not if you could not if I was given the choice <laughs> and do you miss it now uh, being away from there I do I do miss it I think I I enjoy the quieter side of life and I think Edinburgh is just it's one of these places that because it's it has so much going for it it's just getting more and more popular to live and work in every year I think so it is getting busier and busier um it's always changing always transforming so yeah I I, I do miss that I you know most of my family are still there so I miss them as well but um 
you know, we're, we're only an hour away in Dundee and I do enjoy the sort of the life we have up here is, is something quite different but um yeah it's i think it suits it suits me <laughs> and what what song have you chosen or why have you actually chosen the song that you have uh, to represent your time in edinburgh yeah yeah so I, I i've chosen streets of edinburgh um by the proclaimers just because i think it i think there's, there's a few songs about edinburgh and there's a few songs that um are associated with the city but um, for me, I think just the, the the beauty of the song and the you know slightly sort of sentimental tone of it as well, um, it just sums it up perfectly for me. I think um, it's I think it's a really special song. It's it's one of the best ones they've they've done. I think. When you were growing up, did you enjoy? like the music that your your dad was making or did you sort of have that I don't know that teenage thing where you rebel against you know the thing that your parents do or did you always have an appreciation for it eh, oh I always had an appreciation for it I did always enjoy it I, I, I can't remember ever ever going this is this is just the worst thing I've ever heard in my life it, it wasn't <laughs> like that you know it's like you, you it's it's very obvious I think to to anyone that enjoys music that they are they're top class bands, you know, they're top class songwriters. And I think they're the, the longevity they've achieved in their career um, just proves that, you know, people continue to come back to them year after year. Um, so, no, I, I don't think I ever lost sight of that. I think I always, you know, I always understood how, how special they, they are. Um, in terms of rebelling, what I listen I, no I think some of my sort of pop tastes were more rebellious than ever <laughs> anything else but um no I, I never I never um I never thought their music was anything less than than really quite special and what did your friends think of it when you were growing up were they did they think it was really cool that you know you had a dad who was off touring around the world you know with with music and you know had written yeah. these songs that you know are just they're so loved by the people of Scotland it must be quite a special thing to share with people yeah it is I think um my friends did always find it quite cool I think um you know a lot of the friends I had in school are, are people I still keep in touch with today actually it's quite a small group um but I think it definitely, you know, it was cool for them at first and they, you know, they come around the house a couple of times and it's just sort of, meh, you know, the, the novel <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I, I was lucky enough to have friends that never made a massive deal out of it. I think that's why we've, we've stayed close, you know. Hmm. Um, it's just, it's, for them, it's just, um, it's part of my life, but it's not something that dominates it. So um yeah, I think I'm pretty lucky in that respect, really. Brilliant. Well, I think we should we should listen to the song. So do you mind formally introducing uh, the song that you've chosen for Edinburgh? Yeah. Um, so this is Streets of Edinburgh by The Proclaimers. The past, the past, the past, the past, the streets of Edinburgh. Most 
you know, one of the sort of goosebump moments that I've had at a gig was watching The Proclaimers at Edinburgh Castle a few years ago. Oh, and yeah. this song, when it came on, you know, you're in this stunning setting in the city that they're they're singing about so with such love. And you said it's got such a lovely sort of sentimentality to this song. Yeah. And I remember looking around and you can just you could just tell how much the audience were, you know, just in that moment, purely in that moment, loving that song and, and being, you know, with this wonderful backdrop of the castle behind yeah, them. Well, it, it was a, it was a great moment. It's, it's pretty spectacular for any gig, I think, in the castle. But yeah, it's, yeah, they, they bring something pretty, pretty amazing to it, I think. As well, I think they're these kind of their songs. Like I've I've lived sort of all over um, with work, and I've 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 spent time in different places in Europe and and further afield. And they're the kind of songs that you can just stick on and have a real good reminisce about home as well. If you're ever missing yeah. ever missing it, which Absolutely. I love, brilliant. So let's go to your final choice. Where where have you left till last? Have you saved the best till last? I have. I firmly believe that. I've seen the best of us. <laughs> um, so we're, we're going to Dundee next, which is where I live now. I've lived here for about four years now. Um, and it's it's somewhere that I, I do very much consider my adopted home. It's a beautiful part of the world. We're lucky enough to live up um, near the law in Dundee. Um, so we've got, you know, gorgeous views out over the tea and, and over the city so um somewhere that I'd, I have a lot of affection for um and I'm you know can't see myself living anywhere else for the foreseeable future really I absolutely love it here so what first drew you to Dundee well it was my wife's job really <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't deny it we moved here because um my, my wife works up here and uh, with my job I can kind of be anywhere I can be based anywhere so um it was it was that that, that brought us up initially but I, I think it's it really is it's it's the the feeling and it's the people and it's your surroundings that keep you here you know you can be brought up by one thing but um it's, it's got a very special sort of feel about it, Dundee. So, um, yeah, I think we, we feel very fortunate to, to live up here. And did you enjoy having a new city as your playground to go out and explore and to discover when you first first moved there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, I, you know, I remember coming up for the first time properly. And I, I think prior to that, I'd only been to Dundee twice in my life. You know, it was quite, it was quite a limited experience, really. So... I remember coming up and um, I, I got the train up and I walked up into the, the town centre uh, and it was a beautiful day and there was a, a busker playing the harmonica um, and I just thought, oh, this is this is quite cool. That's, it's got a nice sort of buzz about it. Um, and, it, you know, I think you explore it bit by bit. Dundee isn't a massive place, but um, I think, the you know, as I say, the, the longer we've lived here, the more we've, we've got out of it and the more we've kind of appreciated what it has. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a cool place. I had Corrine Polwart on a few months ago and she chose Dundee and she she was, she was studied there as a student. So she was there, um, you know, I think probably 20 years ago. And we were talking yeah. about how anyone who spent any time in Dundee sees and feels the amazing culture that the city actually has and I think that's been emphasized more in recent years but you know the rep theater has been a, a mainstay in the city for for decades and the DCA and you've got the V&A now and you, yeah. you know it's such a great buzz and then you look back at musical talent that's come from the city you know Michael Mara oh. for example you yeah. know 
the Bard of Dundee. You know, he's such a brilliant songwriter. Is it nice to be able to tap into that culture for inspiration? It is absolutely, and you, I mean, you do feel that when you're up here. You know, you can you can feel where it's come from, um, and you know, it wasn't something I was massively aware of before I moved here. I don't think I don't think I I understood the the history um, culturally. But I think since since I moved up here, you know, you're immersed in it, you're steeped in it. Uh, it's sort of all around you. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been a, a bit of a revelation in that sense, definitely. Has it always been music for you that's, that's you know, been the sort of driving focus? Or was there ever any, any point in your life you're like, oh, I might do something else? Or has it always been, no, I've, I'm, I want to do music and I want to write songs and sing? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's, that's always been the thing I... I, th- I I was most passionate about and I think it was always the thing I you know I wanted to be doing in, in some sense even if it wasn't full-time even if it wasn't professionally um, I always wanted to be involved in it um, I always wanted to be creative and I have I have other passions you know I, I, I love um, learning about the natural world and you know I'm studying horticulture at the minute and I absolutely love that side of things as well and the more I learn about that, the more I love it. Um, but music, I think, I think it's fair to say it's always been at the heart of who I am. It's, it's always been at the heart of, um, you know, where life has taken me. Um, so I, I don't, th- I don't think, you know, regardless of, of you know, of what happens in, in life, I don't think that sort of side of things will ever change. I think it's, um, it's definitely a part of. Um, a part of the soul if you like I think that's the same for a lot of musicians. How do you find uh, juggling your studying of horticulture with with your music is it is it a balance that lend well to each other you've obviously taken inspiration from it for your music so it's nice to see that they marry together. They do they do and I think you know the more um, people I've spoken to who are you know involved in gardening and horticulture and, and that sort of side of things it surprised me actually how much they go actually no it does lend itself to creativity um, and it does sort of free your mind up in that sense to to focus on other things. So, um, yeah, it's it's been an interest, interesting year to to be studying. I think with everything that's going on, it's you know so much of it has been remote, and um, you know this is for our subject. It was meant to be quite a practical course, um, but I think not being on the road has made it a lot easier to to study and to you know keep being creative and keep doing music at the same time so um they have definitely lent themselves to each other over the course of the past year uh, to go back to to dundee as a, as a place um obviously it's been different this past uh, year or so but in a sort of normal day where where are the places if, if you could wander around the city and go to a few different places where would you choose to visit oh oh okay well i think <laughs> I, I would probably <laughs> I would probably start off at not so much a scenic landmark, but I would go to Clark's Bakery first of all, and I would set myself, <laughs> I would set myself up with a roll of sausage for the day um, because I, I firmly believe they're the best ones that I've had while I've been up here. Actually, <laughs> what a great start to any day! I, yeah, I, I'm the same. It's brilliant. <laughs> uh, I I think I would start off there, and then I think I would probably take a trip down to the waterfront past the V and A. Um, and I just love that walk alongside the Tay. You know, you, it's just a, it's a beautiful. You're you're so close to the water, um, and I, I love being down there. 
And then I think I would probably, um, where would I go next? I would, I would drop into Groucho's, but I'm afraid that that's shut down now. So one of the other, one of the record shops around town, I'd go in there. Um, I'd come back up to the law. I think I'd have a lovely walk around the law, take a look out over the city. And then I'd finish off in Dynamo, which is a sort of craft beer pub in town. And that, I've got, I, I've got to recommend that. That is superb. <laughs> Um, so I think that that would be my perfect day in Dundee. I think sold. You've sold it to me. I'm, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for a day in Dundee. So, so what song have you chosen that that I don't know brings brings the memories of Dundee flooding flooding back to you? Yeah, you... well, I, I've chosen um, uh, "Bonnie Dundee" by the Corries, um, which is just a tremendous folk song, and you know, it's been around for a good few years now. Um, but I think in terms of not just lyrically, but the the spirit of the song perfectly sums up Dundee as well. Um, there's a, f- a couple of brilliant live recordings of it on, on YouTube as well. So, uh, yeah, th- that's that's the reason I've chosen Bonnie Dundee. Do you know I love I love you mentioned the live recordings of the Corey's work. I love listening to that because you you can hear they have the audience just in the palm of their hand all the oh, time, and they're absolutely. brilliant with the back and forth and the conversation, yeah. and, and they marry it, and it flows perfectly into the songs. And I think that's yeah. such a skill. That's a difficult skill to master, and they have it absolutely nailed. Definitely. I think especially as, you know, the, the, if you're going as an, an acoustic duo, you know, it's not easy to kind of um, keep an audience and keep them engaged. Um, but you're right, it's, they just have such a knack for it. And I think in terms of musically, they sound possibly even better than they do on the records live. It's, it's just remarkable how how that sort of translates into in a, a live environment. So, um, yeah, they're a phenomenal band. I love listening to them. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad. I'm so glad you've chosen uh, this song to, to listen to. And just before we do listen to it, I just want to say a massive thank you for giving me some time today to talk to you about Scotland. I've really enjoyed hearing the choices that you've that you've made. And it's been a, a real joy to also discover your music over the last few years. And, and I'm really excited to see what comes next for you. So thank you so much. Oh, no problem. Thank you very much for having me. Loved it. To the Lord, the convention was clever how spoke Ere the king's crown go down, there are crowns to be broke So each cavalier who loves honour and me Let him follow the bonnets so bonnie than me Come fill up my cup, come fill up my can Come saddle my horses and pollock my men Unhook the west port and let us give You're listening to the tracks that take us back on Capture Caledonia with Ewan Petrie. Thank you so much for listening to Capture Caledonia, the tracks that take us back. If you're enjoying the podcast, please remember to subscribe and to leave us a rating and a review. Please also go on social media and like and share the pages with all your friends and family. A little reminder that on Facebook and Instagram, just search Capture Caledonia and on Twitter, search Capture Cali. Go on, like, share, post, comment about it and help spread the word of Capture Caledonia. If you want to support the podcast, remember you can go on to my Buy Me A Coffee page, www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash Capture Cali. 
any amount that you can afford to donate to support the podcast will really go a long way and help to ensure that we can keep the podcast going in the future. Thank you so much for your continued support and I look forward to seeing you next week.